welcome to Y'all This Book. I am Dory. And I'm Lisa. And today we are about to have a bit of a Tessa Bailey love fest, which I'm sure will come as no surprise to anyone. I hope not. If they, well, if you're new here, maybe. Maybe. Spoiler alert, we love her. We love her. (laughs) She's the best. But if you're not new here, then you know that this was coming. You, sh- yeah. you should probably know that this was coming. Yeah. Yeah. Because- but we're very, um, we're ready. We've been waiting for this moment. We've been reading. We read the entire Hot and Hammered series. This came on the heels of us reading. It happened one summer. So we have a lot of thoughts. We really do. But we'll get in. We'll get into later because I feel like if we start now, we won't talk about anything else. I know. I know. Let's let's get to the other books we read because we yes. did read other books and then we'll get into the Tessa Bailey of it all. So I did have one tiny bit of news that I was going to share real quick. Now, if you are not familiar with the other podcast, which was better that we had some one off episodes where we would do this book chat over there before we moved it over here. Uh, to its own feed but I do you remember when I was talking about I think it was on that other show it might have been on the show I can't keep up anymore um (laughs) that book that is coming out called Black Love's Black Love Matters Real Talk on Romance Being Seen and Happily Ever Afters that by Jessica Pride we talked about it's gonna be like an anthology of like essays yes of like black authors and it sounds awesome okay I just want to say that it finally got a cover design Ooh. And it is so awesome. And it's up for pre-order. I mean, it was up for pre-order before, but I just wanted to say that it got a cover design. What does the and, cover look like? Let and me pull it up. It's amazing. I absolutely love it. Um, and it comes out on February 1st, 2022. And you can get the Kindle. I, the Kindle version is $12.99. But yes, by Jessica Black Pride. Matters. Yes. Okay. Oh, isn't it cute? It's an illustrated cover and it shows like three couples. And the title is in like scripts at the top, Black Love Matters, and then the subtitles at the bottom. I just think it's really cute. I think it's a cute, great cover. So I was excited to see that. It I saw it on Twitter on my feed and I was like, okay, this is awesome. So it's beautiful. I do love that font too. It's beautiful. It's a good cover. So I should have looked at who did the cover design, but whoever did the cover design, bravo, because it looks really amazing and I'm excited to read it. So that was my only bit of book news. I love it. Everyone go pre-order this. Seriously. It's only $12.99 for an anthology like this with a bunch of essays. That's, that's a deal. That's a steal. And it sounds really awesome. So y'all go check it out. Um, but yeah, that's the only news I have. Nothing. Cool. Yeah, nothing too dramatic. And then um, I think it's my turn for get to know our shelves. Is I'm it ready? Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like it's we need. Turn. I feel like we need theme music. Like I know game show segment music for this. Get to know our shelves. Um, we have to figure that out. We do need music for our different segments like this and also happy for now. So we'll work on that in the future. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's a good side note for later. Okay. So I was going to try and keep it light this time because the last couple of times we've gotten into some real deep dives 
mm-hmm. into some stuff. So I was going to ask you, do you have a book and or books that you reread every year? I sure do. <gasps> okay. Um, yeah. I didn't even have to think about this. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Sarah Morgan is a romance author. I really, really like, and every year around Christmas, I read two of her, um, Christmas. She has two, she has a series of stories called, um, I believe it's from Manhattan with love. Those are the books. And I think there are maybe five or six of them. Two of them take place around Christmas and I read them every year in December. And the two books are, um, miracle on fifth Avenue. And the second is Moonlight Over Manhattan. And these books exist in the same world and they take place over the holidays and they're delightful. I love the world that Sarah Morgan has created with these friends there. It's basically a group of friends who used to work at, I believe, either an event planning firm or a PR firm that I think they all get fired and they strike out on their own. And they create their own, yes, this is it. They create their own business, event planning business. And so throughout the books, you see them falling in love while growing this business that they have created together. And they each find a new suitor. Each main character finds a new suitor. So in Miracle on Fifth Avenue, um, I forget our heroine's name but she falls in love with a writer and he writes thrillers and it is amazing. And she's a chef. She cooks. She's kind of like an, she's like kind of like a food influencer and they meet over the holidays and fall in love. And it's a great story. And then as an offshoot, still in this same world, there's a business that the event planning firm there's a business that they contract contract out to quite often. Uh, it's a dog walking business called the Bark Rangers. Yes. And awesome. <laughs> yes. And so one of the owners of the Bark Rangers, Harriet, is the heroine for the book Moonlight Over Manhattan, which is my favorite of the series. I love it because I love a story where the heroine decides that she is going to take her life into her into her own hands and become the master of her own destiny. And she decides that she's going to have the year of Harriet and she is introverted and she is not that adventurous. And she decides that in the year of Harriet, she is going to do all these things that she wouldn't normally do and come out of her shell. And what prompts it is her twin sister falls in love and is living in the Hamptons and has left Harriet in charge of the business in Manhattan. Hmm. And so Harriet, who has never been without her twin before is like, I need to make my life my own. And it's the best. It's the best. Like I love a year of Harriet. And there's also, um, there's a Sarah McLean book. I think brazen in the, is it brazen in the beast? I think it's brazen in the beast is the year of Hattie. Mm-hmm. Where another woman is like, I am building and creating and dreaming and willing into existence the life that I want. 
And I love that in a romance. And so you watch Harriet go from like mousy, scared to speak up, scared to be on her own. You see her just like take on the world and it's awesome. So I read those two books every Christmas, um, Miracle on Fifth Avenue and um, Moonlight Over Manhattan. I highly recommend them both by Sarah Morgan. And I also recommend the entire series. It's very fun. I have read the books and I have also listened to the books. The narrator is awesome. So if you're into it, also listen to the, um, the audio version because it's great too. I freaking love that. That is so awesome. Yeah. I read them every, every December. I get really excited because I'm like, Ooh, I get to read my Sarah Morgan books. And then, you know, what happens is I go back and I read the other books that I didn't read in the series because they're all really good. And there's just a hint of magic in these books Mm. and I can't really describe it. They are contemporaries, but they just feel magical to me somehow. Like, I don't know how Sarah Morgan does it, but she just, it is just like she waved a magic wand around this world and it's, they're very fun. So highly recommend. What about you? I love that. Um, (laughs) Well, now my hair going to sound boring. (laughs) Not at all. So I have a handful that I read seasonally because I don't know, it just fits like the theme of the season. And they're mostly um, classic books, mostly Jane Austen, let's be real. Um, Because in the spring, I read Persuasion. And in the summer, I kind of go back and forth between contemporary and another Jane Austen I if I'm gonna if I feel like Jane Austen I'll do um one of the other books Pride and Prejudice or I mean Emma Northanger whatever I'll just pick one and the reason why is because the I'll when I say I read them I listen to them on audiobook and it's because Juliet Stevenson Mm -hmm. reads those well she she has an entire collection of classic literature that she reads and her voice what a voice is like velvet. And I just, yeah. I'm, I'm absolutely, I'm in love with it. Okay. And so those are the ones when I need like comfort reads. Mm-hmm. And so I have those on my audible account all the time. And until recently she had never recorded pride and prejudice. It, she just never had one and she just recorded it and just released it. And I downloaded, I was like freaking out. I was like, what, wait, what? Yes. And um, it's actually different than her previous, I don't know how to describe it because I'm not done with it yet, but it is different from her previous recordings of, of Austin's works. But I started that, um, but I'm sidetracking here. Um, so Persuasion in the Spring, I'll alternate between Jane Austen and a Sophie Kinsella book in the summer because hers are just so like light and fun and, you know, um, just quirky and I don't know they just fit summer and -hmm. then in the fall I think I've said this before I like to cry (laughs) I don't know why so I read um my favorite book of all time Jellicoe Road in the fall because it makes me cry and then in the winter I try and do something dark I will read like well not dark but I'll read like Jane Eyre in the winter I love it I don't know why (laughs) classic 
that's and I'll just keep repeating the same cycle and I'm like okay I really need some new ones but I love the idea of rereading Christmas books I think if I were to do that I would start with um Terry Wilson's um Christmas charms that she did last year for Hallmark Publishing oh my god Mm -hmm. it was so stinking cute I need to read that one this this Christmas season oh my gosh I fell in love with it like super hard and I remember you tweeting about it you were very into it (sighs) I just love it but I mean it's Terry Wilson of course I love it so Queen Terry I know so do you have a favorite Jane Austen book is it Persuasion which is weird because I'm not a second chance romance book Mm -hmm. reader for the most part like it's not my jam but of course uh, I'm I'm obsessed with that one and um but I think it's because even though it's second chance romance it has such a good letter in it and I'm a sucker for a letter Mm -hmm. a love letter but that the letter in that one is so good oh sigh I know so I love that one and I love the remake you know the tv adaptations okay the guardian i think put out an article not too long ago and i tweeted about it because they were talking about how the 1995 um jane austen persuasion adaptation needs to be recognized more which i agree with Mm -hmm. but they also said it was boring and i was like you're boring what the hell are you talking i got really mad but it's neither here nor there for real it's one of them i it's one of my favorite well it's one of my favorite movies period but mm-hmm. it's my favorite Jane Austen adaptation on film. I love the book. So I try and start my year off with that. You know what is so interesting? And you're going to die when I tell you this. Oh, I don't reread the books at the beginning of the year, but I watch all of the Jane Austen movies every <gasps> year in January. Yes. Yeah. Because you know how those first couple weeks of January, it's weird, right? You're you've come off the holidays Mm -hmm. but and things have slowed down quite a bit the weather oftentimes is kind of dreary which even in LA it's kind of gray and things are quiet and all I want at those moments is to watch those movies so I rewatch them all I rewatch both Pride and Prejudices. I rewatch Persuasion. I rewatch my favorite Sense and Sensibility, which <gasps> is one of my favorite. Like, I think that movie is damn near perfect from the casting to the writing to the music to the cinematography to the costumes. It is unreal. You're talking about the one with Kate Winslet is. and. Yeah, baby. Okay. And Alan yes. Rickman. Come on now. Yes. Yeah. And I remember being young and watching that with my mom. And I, I, I asked her, I was like, how, and I can't believe I said this as a youngster because it really does not make sense. But I was like, how is her love different? Like, how is it different with Willoughby? And now I'm like, how does she just go to this guy? Mm-hmm. Colonel Brandon, how is she just with him now? I don't get it. And my mom said, it's a more mature love. And I thought that is a great way to describe it to a child. And I think about it all the time because she's right. Mm. It is. She had to grow up in yes. that moment when she, when all of that went down with Willoughby, she had to grow up 
and she wanted different things, needed different things. And ain't that life, you know, it really is. That's such a great way to look at it. Yeah. So I think about that often, but that's like my favorite. It's the best. Did you ever watch that British TV show, The Vicar of Dibley? (laughs) I didn't. So, okay. It's got Dawn French in it and she plays a, a fem- like a woman vicar in this like small English village and they the town initially just is like what they don't like her. <laughs> and of course she grow she get they grow to right. love her. This was years ago. Well when the end of the show started when the show started you know tapering down and coming to an end you know in in England they do Christmas specials like holiday mm-hmm. specials of their shows. So for the last one they did a christmas special and it had um um i cannot believe i'm blanking on his name because i love him richard armitage as Mm -hmm. her love interest um you know mr thornton from you know north and south as her love interest and she talks about sense and sensibility she says what about that end scene that horrible scene when he comes to tell her that he loves her and she's just like It's like <laughs> just like cry and they they do the sounds and it's hilarious well you know later when these two end up together and he like confesses their love she makes the same sounds uh-huh and <laughs> uh-huh scene makes me laugh and i'm sorry i know we're getting way off track but i just that made me think of it because i love i love sense and sensibility i love that one but i'm not gonna lie i do love the 2008 or 2007 remake that one's good too the one that was on pbs yeah that one was good too i like them both for different reasons and sometimes i'm in the mood for one and sometimes i'm in you know yeah that's right but it's the same thing right it's the same thing with all of those well and it's the same thing with pride and prejudice right like sometimes i just want to get the down and dirty movie like (laughs) Give me the Kira Knightley version. It's great. Sometimes I want to take two days and watch that whole mini series, you know, and just right. do the real deep dive. And they satisfy different needs. Right. And I watch them all. I watch yeah, them all. So, I do too. I yeah, do I too. love them. And that scene in Sense, of Sense and Sensibility, I'm sorry, but I feel that's so hard. For real. It's like, you know, as an introvert, as, you know, a, a, as a woman who does not show her hand very right. often, I understand. I she do. held on to so much for so long. But yeah, I, I just very, I really strongly identify with Emma Thompson in that moment when she starts hysterically crying, because haven't you had those days where you've been holding everything in and one thing happens and you are just a blubbering mess Yes, and it's not even about the thing that's happening necessarily, but it's about everything that has happened. I just love when she takes off like scream crying and then the mom and the sisters they, they run out <laughs> <laughs> when they run out it is the best they're like get out of here <laughs> they need a minute get out like these this nosy ass sisters who have never have never stepped lively in their lives yes. <laughs> are like <laughs> she's lost it we're out of here <laughs> 
it's one of the funniest scenes ever. I love it. And now I'm gonna I'm probably gonna watch it tonight. I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna put that on. So it's so good. And it's also good because Marianne has given her shit the whole movie. You have, and as someone who has been told before that I don't have emotions, someone told you that. Yeah. I get it. Like you and Marianne gives her shit the whole movie. Like you nothing affects you. Nothing moves you. Nothing. And my answer to that is the people who say the least usually feel the most. Agreed. Because nine times out of 10, if I'm super quiet, it's because there's a war going on in my head. <laughs> there is and a fire I'm, raging. Yes. Yep. And it's either I'm really, really mad or really upset or I'm on the verge of tears and I'm like, but I will keep it locked down. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. you will never see me cry. You will... <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm like Bethany. Spoiler alert! I know I, re- I related to Bethany hard, but we'll <laughs> oh get my to God. that. Yeah, we'll get to that. So that was a good one. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. One. That was fun. Okay, so, uh, books that you read this since we chatted last. I read a book by Tasha L. Harrison. I think I know which one you're talking about. And it's called If She Says Yes. Yes, I am. So I haven't read it because you told me about it, but it's on my list and I'm very excited to hear your thoughts. So there was some chatter um, about this book on Twitter (laughs) and it's about a woman who falls in love with her son's best friend. Get it. And she's 55. Yes. Yes. The son's best friend is in his early thirties. He's, I think he's 32 or 33 and he has been in love with her forever, Mm. forever. He went to college with, um, her son. He used to live there because she has like an apartment over the garage. He used to live in that apartment and he went to college in South Carolina, but he's from Chicago. So He spent like that was his family. That was who he went home to instead of always going home to his own family because it was expensive and hard to get back and all of that. And he has had a crush on her for years, has been obsessed with her. And you find out throughout the book that they really did have a connection, even in those years where nothing was happening romantically. They talked a lot. They bonded because he was there a lot when he was living there. They'd have dinner together. They'd have drinks together. And they really would talk and have real conversations. And they had a real connection. But she was always anti. Like, Mm -hmm. I can tell this kid has a crush on me. It's going nowhere. He is my son's best friend. This is going nowhere. But then he comes back to town for his best friend's wedding. And I don't want to give a second, like, I don't want to give a word of Mm -hmm. what, of what happens away because I want everyone to run and read this book. It's one of my favorites that I've read this year. Mm -hmm. It was simultaneously sweet and super hot. Um, the heroine is a black woman and there is nothing I love more than witnessing a black woman being absolutely adored. And it doesn't hurt that it's by a really hot younger man. 
and she, her husband, she's a widow. Her husband passed away and it was an unhappy marriage. He cheated on her multiple times. He had a child with Mm. one of his mistresses. So to see her finally being adored by someone after living that much of her life, living 55 years without being loved like that to finally having someone who just thinks the world of her was, it was such a beautiful story. Um, it has a happy for now, which I appreciated. And the vaccines are out of this world. They're major because I will say that the, um, love interest has a submissive side and the, yeah. (laughs) And so all he wants is for her to like manhandle him. He's like, do whatever you want to me. That's, that's what brings me pleasure is your pleasure. So just do whatever you want to me. It is such a good book. Okay. Yes. It's on my list. I read it in like two days. Oh my gosh. It is so good. Oh my goodness. It's the best. If she says yes, by Tasha L. Harrison, who is a new author to me, but I love her. I'll definitely be reading more of her books. I love a good pining story. Oh, he does. He pine like he on the plane going to the wedding. He is just having a breakdown because he just knows he's going to see her is freaking out. Doesn't know how he's going to be able to control himself. He's just so deeply in love with her. And then he sees her and it's like time stops. The world stops. And he is. Oh my goodness. I know. It's so good. I love piney angst. I just love it. Okay. It's so good. And he's wondering. And so there, and there's also a lot of wondering, does she feel this too? Is this all in my head? Is this connection that I think we share really a connection or is she just being nice to me because I'm friends with her son, you know? Oh, Lord. It's very good. I love it. Yeah. So highly recommend. Like I said, one of my favorite books of the year. I'll probably write a review because it is. Ooh, it's right up there. It's amazing. Um, and so the second book I read is a mystery. So it's a cozy. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited. Uh Uh-huh. So you inspired me. It was kind of a one-two punch. It was our conversation last week. And then also we both watched the new Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, Hannah Swenson Murder on Sunday. Or Hannah Swenson Mystery, not Hannah Swenson Murder. The Hannah Swenson Mysteries. Either way. But this is a movie we had both been waiting for. Yes. And if anyone knows Hallmark... The Murder, She Baked series was the best mystery series. And then it just ended. And they have finally picked back up with a new name. Team Norman still then, now, and forever. Norman's still in the game. I thought he was sorry, but did you see him in in that movie? I know we're getting off track here again, but listen, they upgraded his hair. I know. They just, they gave him that look. I'm like, girl. I know, but see Norman, the wrong choice. I know Norman just is nothing but supportive of her for real. He's never once talked down to her, never lectured her always. He just, 
we've talked about this before on this podcast. I love when a couple in a book or in a movie, when you can just tell they just get a really big kick out of each other and he gets a kick out of her. He thinks she's hilarious. He's like, I love that you did this little mystery solving murder crime scene investigation. I think it's great. He's like, how can I help? Yeah, exactly. How can I help? Yeah. Norman's great. I love him. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yes. So never apologize for talking about Norman. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So you got me, you plus, um, plus Hannah Swenson got me in a cozy mystery mood. So I read a book called Hollywood Homicide by Kelly Garrett. Friends, this is one of the funniest books I've read in since I don't know when. Oh, I'm so I excited. did not know that a cozy mystery could be this hilarious. It, I don't even know what to say. Like, it is so funny. I laughed out loud often. There is a scene, I listened to this on audio, and there is a scene with a telephone operator that I listened to six times in a row because it was so funny. It was so funny. So this book is about an out-of-work actress who sees a billboard advertising a reward for solving the murder of a woman who was the victim of a hit and run. And it just so happens that this actress was there the night of the hit and run. And she was in her car with some friends and she through kind of thinking about the night over and over again, she remembers that she and her friends might have seen the car that hit this woman And so she is in a desperate place. She needs money to send home to her parents to help pay for their mortgage. They're in Georgia, I believe. And so she, and she's not working. She also needs money. P.S. The first scene is of her trying to get a job at a coffee shop. That's like Hooters. So they wear, (laughs) (laughs) so they wear bikinis (laughs) to serve the coffee the hot coffee yes <laughs> yes oh so the first scene of the book is her in a job interview with this guy who is she's trying to get a job at this bikini coffee bar yeah oh my gosh yeah so she's in dire straits and she needs money so she starts to um investigate this murder it is just so good and so freaking funny the mystery's good but man the the world that the author builds kelly garrett is just so fun and it takes place in la and she uses real la locations that's fun yeah when it's real locations i love that yeah, it's great. It the, There's a second book. I think it's called Hollywood Ending. I cannot wait to read it. This book, I'm telling you, laugh out loud funny. It has such a strong voice and a strong point of view. It's written by a Black woman. The characters are the main, our main, our main character is a Black woman. Um, and that's what I was looking for in a cozy mystery. I was like, I want, you know. Are there any cozy mysteries with 
a black lead character. Mm -hmm. And this, I found this and I am so glad I did. It is a hoot. So thank you for inspiring me to read a cozy mystery. Okay. Can I just tell you really quickly, we had somebody today actually over to our house to do an estimate on some windows we were looking to replace. Mm -hmm. And it's this very young woman that shows up. Very energetic, very cute. She comes in and she sees all of our bookshelves because in our main living room, I mean, we have bookshelves all over this house because when you have a husband that deals in rare books, not that we have the actual rare books in our home, but he has a lot of books about books. And then we have Mm. all of my fiction books. Like we just have a lot of books. We have film books. We have whatever. We just have a lot of books. She comes in, she goes, oh my God, who reads? And we were like, we all do. Like everybody in the house reads. (laughs) And she says, well, what do you read? And I said, mostly romance, but I like mysteries and thrillers. And she... She goes, oh, my mom reads mysteries, but she reads those old lady mysteries. And I was like, oh, like these? (laughs) (laughs) You point to your shelves of like murder. She wrote and like cozy. She goes, yeah, like those. And I was like, thank you. There's nothing wrong with old lady mystery. No, it just made me laugh because she was like, oh, my mom reads. But she, she's like, my mom reads Um, because she was like, I like mysteries. She's like, I like closer to horror. But she was like, my mom reads the old lady kind. And I was like, oh, like this. <laughs> just an entire shelf yeah, dedicated just, to all of your mysteries. I'm like, OK, well, but it was it was very funny. I mean, I, I don't take offense I was just like it just made me laugh that she was like oh yeah (laughs) I love that and I love that she classifies them as old lady mysteries because it does have that stigma but it's kind of funny like what's wrong with murder she wrote she's the best there but there's to me cozy mysteries that's the fun of them because they're so they're usually small towns um, you know, they're usually very close knit circles of people. There's always, you know, the, of course, the the lead is always an amateur sleuth, but they always have some sort of quirky characters surrounding them, helping them. And there's, you know, sometimes there's pets. There's usually like quirky jobs and the pun titles. Everything about them is just, I just love them. I love them so much. The best. So I'm glad you read that one. I did and I really want you to read it because boy did it make me laugh I mean from page from second one I was laughing just that she was even at this job interview to be a bikini barista I don't believe I'm like why would you want to wear a bikini to serve hot coffee I know it was ridiculous it was so so good and I hope that um, the author, Kelly Garrett, writes more. I really hope she does. She is. But you said there's two man, in that series. There's two in that series. Okay. Hollywood Homicide is the first. And I believe Hollywood Ending is the second. Okay. I'll have to look Actually, I'm going to look that up just to confirm. Okay. I don't want to lead anyone astray. Well, we'll have it in the show notes, too. Yes. Hollywood Ending. Yes. Hollywood ending by Kelly Garrett. Yep. Okay. I mean, just freaking, freaking delightful. I just love the idea of an out of work actress solving mysteries. It's perfect. It's perfect. What else is she doing? Right. 
I like the premise that instead of it being a personal connection, like, oh, I have to clear my friend or myself or, you know, it's my uncle who got murdered, you know, something like that. It's mm-hmm. for a reward because she's out of work. Uh-huh, she's like, oh, I'm going to figure- work because <laughs> mm-hmm, she like needs that premise. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yep. And there is a bit like you find out throughout the book. There are she has many motivations. I'll say that. And her motivations change over the course of the book as well. Right. Um, and her group of friends is just magnificent. And it's, it just made me happy. It made me really, really happy. So everyone go check okay. it out. But and what did you read books. this week? Well, I too read not only two books, but one romance and one mystery, one cozy mystery. Oh, I love it. So say more. Yeah, so I'm going to start with the cozy um, because the other one I think we're going to end up talking about for a little bit. Um, So Hallmark Publishing has um, a few cozy mysteries in their lineup, and one of them is the Shepherd Sisters series. And book three, which I think is actually the final book in this series, came out on August 10th. And so I read that and, you know, it was just the thing about cozy mysteries, especially when they have these long running series is technically you can read all of these as standalones because they try and feed you just enough at the beginning to set up the community. So that way you can kind of dive right in and read. However, just like anything else, reading the entire series makes it more full and you understand more, you get the characters more, all the nuance and all that. So while this one could definitely be read as a standalone, it's it's almost like a culmination, like a, a, a farewell to a lot of these characters and a lot of their storylines get tied up. And so it makes a lot more sense if you've read the other two. That being said, it was bittersweet because I'm sad to say goodbye to these characters. I'm very yeah. glad that they, you know, I was very glad that they wrapped up some of these the way they did. Um, but you know, I don't think there's going to be any more in this. And so that was kind of sad. Aww, so I was like, oh, this is bummer. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, there was, there was a lot more actual, um, this time around, like not all cozies have a romance, a romantic storyline. They don't have mm-hmm. to, but the ones that do, it's not the main focus. It's usually like a little side, you know, a little side treat. Um, and this one had it from book one where there's a budding relationship between the main character. Um, it's all three sisters that you hear about, but really the main point of view is Savannah, who was an art authenticator in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And so she got to work in a museum, an art gallery or museum. I'm sorry, I don't remember, but authenticating art pieces to look for fraud. And so that's what made her a good sleuth is because she could pick out tiny details that no one else could see because of her years of doing this so in these you know three books she would always find something that no one else noticed and she'd be like wait a minute that's not right something's off and then she'd dig in and find it and that's you know how she would solve it so I thought it was a really great angle I thought it was a really great career choice because a lot of these follow kind of like the same types of you know like coffee shop or writer Mm -hmm. or you know and there's always I'm not saying that's the steadfast rule but it's nice when it's something that's outside of the box. So Savannah, the art authenticator, I thought was a really um, fresh character. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has two sisters, um, Sydney, who has her own dog 
salon where <laughs> she bathes and like does dot like and that, it's so cute and she has like a little like store up front where she sells like handmade like treats mm-hmm. like cupcakes and the all the all there's so many dogs in this series adorable i love it and then her other sister skylar so they all have s names and not gonna lie at the beginning when i first started reading this i couldn't keep them all together and i had to like mm-hmm. come up with ways to figure out i was like oh yeah so skylar is a lawyer and so all three sisters um they grew up you know in this like michigan town and savannah left and lives in chicago and she was engaged in the book one her engagement ends her job ends she moves home she's back with her family and part of the reason why i really really liked this series is because they the author tracy gardner really really explores the sisters working together and reconnecting and just being there for each other and leaning on one another the whole family is very close they all have sunday dinners and they're they're present in every book um the lead character savannah has a love interest and it, mm-hmm. it it follows along but the first book one and book two is mostly about the mysteries and solving it and then the love interest is kind of secondary but i feel like this last book was like I said, a wrap up and almost like a love letter to like anybody who's following this because mm-hmm. it was a lot more focused on the relationships in the family, the love interest, like really evolving. And then there's another sister who has a love interest that it also dives more into that. So it was almost like more of a romance than anything. Well, that's fun. Yeah, but I still enjoyed it. Like I, I really liked it, and like I said, it was bittersweet. I'm, I'm sad to see the series end, but I was glad that everybody wrapped up. Mm-hmm. So if there aren't any more, everybody left off at a really good, you know, a really good place. So that's awesome. Yeah, it was good. I liked it. I'm glad. I like when everyone gets their own. You get you, you feel safe knowing that every character is going to be okay. Yes. So you become invested, you know, yeah. throughout a series, and it's nice when it's it wraps up and everyone, no matter how it looks, because it looks different for everybody, but you know that every person is gonna be okay. Yeah, every we got to basically know each character's storyline, no matter how minor, right? Kind of ended. So there's no questions. There's no like, gosh, I wish there was one more so we could know. It ended very well. So yay for that one and then the other one i i shouldn't say i read it i finished it i finally finished tools of engagement book three in the hot and hammered series that we've been talking about since we started this dory i just this book Mm -hmm. i i did not expect to cry as much as i did Uh uh-huh I told you. And then to turn around and laugh while I'm crying. I know. I mean, I think that I don't want to put words into your mouth or thoughts into your head, but I think we can both identify with Bethany. She very clearly and very strongly is one of us. She has intense (laughs) and severe anxiety. And that scene where she goes into the restaurant and she's like everyone must be looking at me everyone must know that something is wrong with me 
everyone is judging me. I was like, Ooh, yes, this is how it feels. A lot of times when you have anxiety, you are worried about everything. And when she, she plans her sister Georgie's wedding and there's food left over because it's a freaking wedding. Mm-hmm. And so because there was food left over, she worried that no one liked the food. Yeah. And I was like, yes, that is it. Exactly. Something happens. And then you are for days, weeks, months, years, stewing about something that happened in the past that someone, it could be a conversation with someone, an event, something so minor and so slight, and you are fixated on it. I was like, oh yes, this is it exactly. And I think Tessa Bailey does a really good job capturing that. Yes, absolutely. Bethany from in book one, we see glimpses of her through the main character, Georgie's eyes where they're not really close. They're sisters Mm -hmm. and they're not really close. And Georgie is like, my sister, Bethany is perfect. She, you know, does everything perfectly and her life is so together. She's just very successful, you know, and then in book two, we see a little bit more because Rosie um, goes to Bethany for help. And when Mm -hmm. she needs to get a break from Dominic, she moves in with Bethany. So we see a little bit more, but in this book, we we learn exactly why she's the perfectionist that she is. And it's not because, um, you know, she just wants to ex- excel. She's so obsessed with putting on this front of being together, like 100% together. And, you know, as a mom that works outside of the home full time, and has you know house and all of these other things i just i felt so i was it's so relatable because there's this pressure to always look like you have your shit together all the time Mm -hmm. that your house is clean your schedule's tight like you know you're successful in your career your kids are healthy you have these like incredible meals that you make all the time like you're living this like pinterest life and it's bullshit because i'm exhausted and i'm just like Mm -hmm. and the reality is is we're all just doing the best we can and bethany oh my god when when she has that moment when she's like realizes the reason i push people away is because i don't want them to realize how not perfect i am and so Mm -hmm. if i push them away before they get to those traits of mine I'm safer that way. I was like, why are you like taking my thoughts out of my brain and putting it on paper? Like what the hell? Drag me, Tessa Bailey. Drag me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, leave me alone. I didn't need this shit today. Thank you. (laughs) I know. I know. I know. But and here I am tears. And then something would happen that would, I would be legit laughing out loud in the midst of tears and I'm just like this I knew I was gonna like this book I didn't expect to love this book the way I did Mm -hmm. I know and I'm and I'm gonna go ahead and say this out of over three books Mm -hmm. I really thought at some point Stephen's wife Kristen was gonna come around and we were gonna find something out about her that was gonna make us like her we don't I hate her. She's she's just the worst. Hate her. (laughs) She's just the worst. And you know what? I hate Steven and I don't like how he treated Bethany in any of the books. And he did redeem himself a little in the end, 
but they deserve each other. Him and Kristen are just terrible and they can just go be terrible together. You know, uh, for sure. By the end of book three, we were going to get a little bit more. Nope. We get terrible yeah. Kristen. And you're right. Stephen came around just a little bit. And I'm just sorry. a little bit. I did laugh out loud. I'm not going to give anything away, but I did laugh out loud at the end when they talk about how he went to one of the just us league meetings and oh he my got gosh. drunk. <laughs> hysterical and he was like the ladies he's like crying with the ladies you know it's yeah it's very funny and Kristen is just a disaster she's a disaster she's crazy but she does she's so absurd that she is a much needed like tension reliever because she just enters a scene and you're like okay this psychopath (laughs) You know, you think your life is bad. Listen to this psychopath who won't just come out and tell her husband that she's pregnant. Right. That story about when she burns those booties that she knits in and she's still. <laughs> okay. I was. I, I laughed out loud. <laughs> I laughed out loud. That problem. Like, this woman. Oh, I, I mean, I, I want to say that I feel like when tessa bailey was writing this she was probably laughing out loud to herself like oh mm-hmm. i'm gonna make her do this and then i'm gonna make her do this mm-hmm. awful Kristen the booties that awful. part that scene made me laugh so hard you looked her dead in the face as she- <laughs> <laughs> so oh God. i just have to say that that i i thought at some point we were gonna like and no. we do find out, like, what is it in in the first book? We do find out why she does the things that she does because she mm-hmm. likes keeping Stevens on her toes. But I'm like, dude, that sounds exhausting. They both sound exhausting. And I'm like, no, I'm with and you. They, they deserve each other. Because they both like it. Yes. She likes to torture him and he likes to be tortured. And torture him, she does. She also, I love that she stormed her way into the just us league like she totally just invited herself in it just Kristen is such a mess but yeah (laughs) she's the way that she was like leaving him notes around the house clues to find I'm like girl tell that man you're pregnant he does not know what these clues mean she tries to crash the wedding and they have to like (laughs) tackle her on the stage Wes has to like drag he's like dancing making a spectacle on the dance floor so that so that Bethany can rip the microphone from Kristen's hand she's nuts and that's when Wes is like wait what she's not really gonna she's not really gonna try and take away the thunder of this wedding and then he's like oh my god she is and then he realizes her level of you know bananas yeah and so i i no matter how much she made me laugh i still hate her i'm just gonna say it yeah she's she's terrible she's a terrible person um but this book is great and if anyone hasn't read it bethany is the third lady to fall in love in the hot and hammered series she is a home stager but she wants to get into um full remodels she wants to start flipping houses her family owns a construction business where they do this 
run by her brother Stephen, but he will not let her flip houses. He yeah. has pigeonholed her as the stager and thinks she's nothing more than that jerk. Right. And so her little sister's husband, Travis, Georgie's husband, Travis, gives her, gives Bethany his childhood home, which is all in the town where they live. And he says, you can flip this house. I'm going to give it to you. Do whatever you want. Get out there on your own, start your own business. And so she decides she's going to flip the house. And the only person who volunteers initially to help her is this cowboy Wes, who has come into town to take care of his niece. Right. Which we meet him in book two. Right. Which is love her a loser. And he shows up on scene this young, like 20, early He's 20s. 23. Yeah. yeah. Bethany shows up at the work site. She gets out of her Mercedes and he's like, holy shit, who is this woman? He's like into her, like from the moment. And she's like, uh, who are you? And why are you talking to me? She just gives him so much shit and he loves it. Of course, he just eats it all up and he's like, oh yeah, this is happening because I love hers. But so we meet him there. So we knew already going into book three that there were already going to be just at each other's throats because we're in book two, which you knew it was going to be good. And their chemistry is off the charts and mm. them working in close proximity is so good. It's, it's steamy. And the things that he says to her, listen, I love Wes. So oh my much. God. For so real much. He says the dirtiest, he says <laughs> the, the dirtiest filthiest things. things. Yeah. And it's that, and also the actual, like, because the filthy things are awesome. Let's not split hairs here. But the things that he says when he's really being vulnerable and, like, mm -hmm. opening up to her, when he's, like, he says two lines that I audibly gasped at. First mm -hmm. one was when they're in the midst of trying to negotiate how they're going to work, like, because eventually they come around to their attraction to each other and they want to try and explore it. They're all, they're both very scared for very different reasons. And she, you know, he's like, and then we'll just, you know, do what comes natural. And she's like, oh, I don't know what comes natural. And he says, figure it out with me. Swoon. I audibly gasped there. And then this next one, the sound that I made. I want this on a coffee mug. I want it on a t-shirt. I want it. I want it everywhere. When he says, you know, cause she has this big speech and then he says, you know, you didn't do, I don't remember the exact phrasing, but he says, you circle the block and he goes, now park the goddamn car, darling. <laughs> and I freaking died the way he said it, the whole speech before that, like that whole scene, that whole moment is perfection his big reveal at the end, like his big grand gesture moment is legit perfection. And when he said that, I was like, I want that on a shirt, yes. I want on a coffee mug. I just wanted to say, now park the goddamn car. And that's what I want. I just want it everywhere. Yes. I love it. I love it too. I loved him. And my favorite was because he's also very as soon as he realizes and he picks up on what her issue is sooner than anyone in her entire life her family has known her since she was born 
-hmm. and they have no idea the intense pressure she puts on herself. Mm -hmm. He catches it early and he takes it upon himself to reassure her all the time, which I think is, that's what you want in a relationship. Like someone who understands that this is a pain point for you. And so they're going to do their best to ease that pain. And Wes does that time and time again. And the first time they sleep together, which is a great scene. Mm. And he, they are woken up (laughs) by his niece who comes storming in the bedroom. And she's like, oh, did you guys have a sleepover? What did you do? (laughs) But the best is he says to Bethany, he whispers in her ear. He says, "Um, before you freak out, I don't care that your mascara is running and I don't care about your like bedhead and I don't care about your morning breath. Like mm-hmm. I don't care. All those things that she he knew she would be thinking about mm-hmm. in the morning. He said, I don't care about any of that. And she was able to like turn over and have a moment with him. And it just, I loved it so much because it just showed him anticipating her needs in such a beautiful way. I loved that. that moment. You said I have my exact note is the man just pays attention and int- anticipates everything Bethany needs. Mm-hmm. And he legit gets off on it. Like mm-hmm. that's his like kink is like making sure that Bethany is not anxious. <laughs> Yep. He loves it. And he loves being the one who can do it. And the one who knows that about her, like he is very proud that he gets her like no one else gets her. Man. Yeah. It's just such a good book. It's, it's, it pisses me off how good it is. (laughs) I know. Just like, damn you, Tessa Bailey. For real. I'm like, how can you do this to us? And he's a cowboy. Give me a break. It's like she was just, you know, just putting a list of things that would that I would freak out over. She just put them all in that book. I know because he wears Wranglers and there's a whole scene when like she checks off his Wranglers and she talks about his thighs. And I was like, how dare you? How dare you do this to us? I know. It's rude. But this is why I couldn't finish it when I was in visiting yeah. my my parents my grandma's like i'm gonna need to uh tap the brakes on this one and wait till i get back home it was a lot so of the three books do you have a favorite i knew you were gonna ask me that how could i not <sighs> i you know i like them all for different reasons and i feel like maybe you know the closeness of you know reading you know you finish a book and you're like oh that one's my favorite you know and mm-hmm. then you read the next one, you're like oh that one's my favorite but mm-hmm. honestly I do think this last one tools of engagement I think it's my favorite out mm-hmm. of the three because I just relate to Bethany so much and Wes is just ridiculous in his attentiveness like it's awesome I know and what about you I think this one is my favorite too. Um, It was between this and love her or lose her because I really loved that story. Yeah. And I just think that the way that story was carried out was freaking brilliant with like between the crazy therapist (laughs) and them like trying 
it just it turned the entire concept of a second chance romance on its head because like you've mentioned before this isn't a couple looking to find the spark the spark is there they're on fire every time they're in each other's presence the issue is everything else and i think that that is that kind of turns that this whole second chance romance marriage in trouble concept on its head right you don't normally have that and i think it's really perfect how she handles it and um i love how well done that book is but i think my mushy little heart is with bethany and wes like i like you i just really strongly identify with bethany and i'm also a sucker for a guy who has a little kid in his life for whatever reason whether it's their child whether it's their niece or nephew like seeing because it just you get to see a new dimension of this person because (laughs) Wes is very different you know he's different on the construction site and he is different with just Bethany and he is different in the presence of his niece so you kind of get to see all of him in a really fun and interesting way and he's also just really dirty and he cannot get enough of her he just puts it all on the line for bethany and it is hot it really is like i said he just says the filthiest stuff and he follows through Mm -hmm. he's like i'm gonna say all this shit and then I'm going to do it to you. And then I'm also going to say it while I'm doing it to you. Mm-hmm. And it's good stuff. Because part of Bethany's problem with men is that, you know, she just hasn't been able to reach a level of intimacy with them. Not sexually, but just in general, just opening up to them, being vulnerable to them. And so because of that, so when when she was sleeping with men, she was so much in her head wondering how they were responding to her or what she looked like or what they were thinking or what she wasn't able ever to just be able to relax into the moment and be with these guys. And so they would be like, you're so cold, like you're just not a good girlfriend. And so she was terrified that Wes was going to be like the same thing. They had this really intense connection, but she was like, well, once he knows the real me, it's going to be like all these other guys, but he lets, he gets to her like, when they finally start you know coming together literally um (laughs) yeah he takes her out of her own head and you know he's able to do that and it's they're just such good scenes i mean yes they're super hot but it's just i'm so glad for her because as someone who lives entirely too much in my head Mm -hmm. just like good for you like (laughs) i know it's very cathartic to see her free herself from the prison that she has placed herself in in her mind and it is a prison she feels she does not feel free she she is afraid to show any emotion at all and she has she has to have a real reckoning with it yeah and he helps her tremendously he makes it his mission to get her out of her head all the time like in bed yes but every in everything yeah just like get her hair with him like in the moment yeah right and it's man Bailey can write a book for real and I identify with it because listen I worked at I once worked at a job for 
I was there for almost three years before anybody knew I was married and had kids. Damn. I know. I'll lock my shit down if I need to. Because if I don't trust anybody. I, I was I was walking down the hall. This is when I worked in public education. And I'm walking down the hallway with my two kids. And another coach comes walking by. Because this is when I was an athletic trainer. And he walks down the hallway and he's looking at me. And he's like, whose kids are these? Are these your kids? <laughs> And I'm like laughing because I'm like, yes. And he goes, <laughs> and he just stops and he goes, are you married? And I was like, yes. <laughs> because I just keep, I, I'm like, listen, I'm like Ron Swanson at work. Nobody needs to know anything about me. My name is mm-hmm. Lisa Redacted. <laughs> Maybe I'll tell you my last name. <laughs> Redacted. I'm like, that you don't is need like to- <laughs> okay, this is like my friend Justin at work, and he might actually listen to this. Jay, you know this is you. So he, his desk <laughs> in the office is empty. Yeah. There's nothing on it. And so people will come by, you know, because periodically facilities will come by and see, do we have more room to add people to to like add a desk, to add a person. What's, what's the status? And people will literally be like, does someone work here? Is this just (laughs) an extra space? And no, Justin just, he wants no trace of him anywhere. He does not let anyone follow him on social media. He is like, nothing nothing Nothing. he any kind of like group outing happy hour whatever he's like no it has been his mother's birthday so many times he has to go to church like he will say all these things and he's like he and I are friends so I know a few things but he for the most part he's not trying to disclose anything and it cracks me up because when he's not sitting at that desk it looks like an empty desk like yep. there is no trace of him not a picture not a paper clip out of place it is truly hysterical i pack in when i come to work now and i pack out <laughs> i bring everything with me and i take everything home well and most of that is just because of covid i'm like i never know when we're going to be like getting the call like you can't come back and then i won't have everything with me and um that will that would drive me bananas but totally yeah so this poor guy was like you're married because and look as an athletic trainer constantly having to carry coolers you know put up fill ice baths you know evaluate injuries taping all kinds of stuff i hardly wore my wedding ring because it was too big for that job right and look y'all can make fun of me for whatever but I had had my babies at that time were three years old. I was very much in the early stages of momhood. I didn't care what I looked like. This is the same school when the guy was like, you don't even try. You don't wear makeup or anything. <laughs> I mean, this is all the same school because I was like, listen, nobody cares if I'm married or not. No one's looking at me. I'm an exhausted mom of twins working in sports in Texas. No one cares. So I didn't even bother because it it just wasn't. It wasn't practical to wear it. And so, yeah. And I don't talk about myself. Like, I have to really know somebody at work to say anything mm-hmm. personal. So it just made me laugh. He was like, whose kids are these? 
<laughs> okay, that's Wait. so funny. Cause you have twins. Yeah. That look just like me. And so he was like, <laughs> the hell is happening right now? <laughs> Whose just, kids are these? Yeah. And I was like, mine? He's like, are you married? And I'm like, yup. This is awesome. I've been here three years. <laughs> So I very much ad- identify with Bethany and all other Stoics and Ron Swanson's out there. I'm telling you, I get it too. Like I said, as someone whose college roommate said, you don't have emotions. And I said, what? <laughs> yeah, like I do. I just don't show them. I'm like, someone has to keep it together in this house of horrors. Are you kidding me? <sighs> we real. can't all be flying off the handle. Yeah, uh, but that's a whole other uh, therapy session <laughs> um, into how we got this way. <laughs> but isn't this the beauty of romance? Because we totally. find ourselves in these characters and we get totally. to explore them, you know, confronting themselves. And, you know, like you said, it's therapeutic. And watching Bethany finally let realize go. yes mm-hmm. and let go was beautiful. So um tessa bailey for this book and the whole all of it i love it and do you have a favorite hero do you want me to actually do you want to start this (laughs) you know what i'm talking about do you want to start this because i'll start this we can start start it i've got it ready i've already got it ready on the website all i have to do is unhide it I mean, what are we waiting for then? That's what I'm saying. I think we should start it. Okay. Do you want to fill in the listeners? <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait. It's not just us having a conversation. Um, there are people listening and they're like, what are you talking about? Start what? Okay. Don't be alarmed. <laughs> but we have decided that we are going to read every Tessa Bailey book. And rank the heroes. We are going to have a Tessa Bailey book boyfriend ranking. That's right. A ranking. It will be available on the blog. We will be talking about it on basically every episode of y'all this book. And we are starting with the Hot and Hammered series because we have both read all three books with our three heroes, Travis, Dom, and Wes. Mm -hmm. and so we're ready to get it going we're gonna have a little conversation about who who's at the top i'm ready do you want me to go first or do you want to go first you go first should i start number three and then go up or should i start with number one and start with number three and go up okay so okay let's go ahead and identify so book one is um what's the first book again i'm a terrible fix her up Right, fix her up, which is Georgie and Travis, and then Georgie book two- is a clown, clown. for yes. children's birthday parties. <laughs> yes, and Travis is an ex baseball player. Right, and he calls her baby girl, mm-hmm. which Lisa does not like, but Dory loves. Correct. <laughs> and book two is. Um, Rosie and Dominic, and that love is her love her loser. Yes, and he calls her Honey Girl, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
And then book three, obviously, is Bethany and Wes. And he just calls her baby. Mm-hmm. And his southern drawl, because he is indeed a cowboy. He's from Texas. Mm-hmm. And, and he's, Texan. you know, he, he spent time on the rodeo circuit. Yeah, he did. That's why he got them thighs in that scene. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Um, okay, so starting with number three. Now, I hate to say it because I love him. And I'll tell you, I love it's Travis. Okay, number three is Travis. And I love him because in the subsequent books, man, my dude Travis loves some gossip. And I love he's so funny. He talks he's so, so much shit. <laughs> I'd love that he's constantly like, Georgie, no, 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 you tell me first. I want to. <laughs> and he and- <laughs> rubs it in all of the guys' faces. He's like, Do you want to know? Because I know. Yeah. Do you want to know what's going on with your wife? Because I know. <laughs> Georgie told me. It's really funny. It, it, it makes me laugh. So, but he is number three. Mm-hmm. Number two is Dominic. Mm-hmm. because man <laughs> the intensity Dominic. the intensity of that man yeah Whew. I don't think I'd survive no I'd be like can we cap this off at a tight 60 seconds because <laughs> I might not survive past that thanks <laughs> so great. Dominic is number two and then you know number one is Wes even though he's super young and I have to ignore that fact because I could be mm-hmm. his mom. That's what, you know, that's what any anxiety person filled person wants is somebody that can read when they're about to spiral out and calm them down. And so, right. and then talk dirty to them. So yes, Wes, that's right. number one. That's right. Do you so want mine? Yeah, of course. Duh. I have the exact same ranking, as <gasps> you, which should come as no surprise. And I'm going to tell you why, because I actually love all these guys. I'm just going to mm-hmm. put that out there, including yes. Travis. Right. And the thing that moved Travis down for me is that he's not nice to Georgie at the beginning. Like he's a real jerk to her for a while. Mm-hmm. And it did. And I know he's going through some things <laughs> and he definitely redeems himself in a major way. Like he right. really comes through and shows up for her. And you're right. In subsequent books, like he adores her. He oh. just simply adores her. He dotes yeah. on her. But he's tough at the beginning. Like he does not, he kind of knows that she has a crush on him and he says he doesn't know, but he knows. He knows. And he does not treat her very nicely. And so I still, and I still think of that when I think of Travis a little bit. So that's what Mm -hmm. moved him down for me. And then Wes just, I mean, I, I knew there was no going back the minute he showed up on that construction site and his cowboy boots and his hat. So there was no, there was no contest. Dom, poor Dom didn't stand a chance in his own book. I know. <laughs> I'm like, tell me more about this Wes. Right. Mm. Yeah. You but I love you. them all. Yeah. That's the thing is I do too. And I agree with you because book one with travis and georgie it's kind of an enemies to i mean it is an enemy well not on georgie's side because she's always had a crush on him but she she gives him some shit back because she's like what the hell are you doing 
right. like she calls him out on his stuff but you're right he is not very nice to her at the beginning whereas enemies to lovers with wes and bethany you know from the moment because wes admits it he's like oh yeah this is happening like i might fight with her but i'm super into her and this is all just foreplay for me right so even though they're at each other's throats and they really do genuinely get mad at each other in some points yeah like you said earlier their chemistry is off the charts it's ridiculous I also think that Wes and Bethany are at a bit of a more even playing field because of their banter. Like they start their back and forth and that banter immediately. And there's no history. There's no past with Travis and Georgie. There's a past to contend with. She's been in love with him since she was a little kid. So there's a power differential also because he is a former a rich former athlete and she's young she's very young too so there's just a little bit of a power dynamic thing at only at the beginning and she really saves his like she really she turns him into the man he becomes that is georgie and i love that but he just he's a little, he's a little hard on her at first and it's tough. And I I know he's definitely in the depths of his own despair and he's going through a lot of stuff, but you know, that, that was kind of hard for me a little bit, but I still love Travis and you're right for the rest of the books. He's just hilarious. He just loves to talk shit. He is so smug. Like he, he brings up how he is sleeping with Georgie in front of her brother every chance he gets he loves it it's so good it cracks me up so do we want to include it having one summer yet or are we just gonna cap it off right now with we could we could add it happened one summer i but i think i know where that's going okay because right now as the ranking is you know, for both of us, it's number one, Wes, number two, Dominic, number three, Travis. So where would you put Brendan at the yes. top of the list? I I mean, I, I can't not. Right. You're like, there's a, a bearded. Yeah. He's got a beard. Yeah. What about you? I, you know, cause I'm going to say right now, probably number one, because I've the whole beard yes the <laughs> yes the closer to my age yes but also think about how he carries her out of that party yes i girl i am that's <laughs> why i'm staring off in his face i'm like there's a boat there's and shopping that boat. there's that party the agony when he gets back to the dock and he gets their text messages and he realizes that she was there ah, okay <laughs> Yep. Okay. We have the same rankings right now, but there's like a billion Tessa Bailey books. So eventually we are going to diverge and then we're going to get into it. No. Yeah. And also what, where this will end up eventually is that we're going to do a bracket. So once we have ranked, we will pit these men together and see where we end up. Yeah, because it'll be nice because we can kind of group them because there's a mix of like contemporaries, there's some paranormals, there's some, a lot of cops and detectives. Mm -hmm. Like, because do I have a spreadsheet? Mm -hmm. Yes, I do. Yeah, you do. (laughs) Yes, I do. 
Do I have these all coded in a spreadsheet that I've shared with Dory? Yes, I do. <laughs> so this is going to be organized. This is not just us reading and be like, okay, that no, this is some organized shit. And we're going to have a page dedicated on the blog. TB book or TB boyfriend rankings or something like that. I don't remember mm-hmm. what it's called, but it'll be there. Both of our rankings side by side. That's right. So you can see them. Very excited about this. Me too. I mean, what could go wrong? We're just going to be reading a bunch of Tessa Bailey books and talking about them. I know. That needs its own theme music. Our Tessa Bailey book corner. We have so much music that we need to pick. (laughs) And you know how that went the first time picking out a theme music. So give us give us a couple months and we'll get these we'll get these songs in place. We'll get there. We'll 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 make it happen. Um, but what are you reading next? Wow, what am I reading next? Well, I, I just threw we you under the bus. Are we gonna start? <laughs> it's all right because I'm always reading. Um, are we gonna start a new Tessa Bailey series? Yes. So what, which one? I wanted to start, honestly, I wanted to start the, um, but we can, we can talk about offline, but the one that jumped out at me, the, uh, as I was putting all these in the spreadsheet was, um, the beach kingdom trilogy. Yes. Agree. The titles on that one are mouth to mouth, heat stroke and sink or swim. Okay. Y'all I'm pumped. Me too. Uh, so Me too. I wanted to go to that one. And then, cause there's some standalones. Mm-hmm. There's a few standalones and then the rest are all series. And when I say there's a lot, I'm saying that my list right now, as I'm looking at it has 48 books on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm ready. We've got our work cut out for us. And but- if y'all want to join us, Join us and start your own rankings. And then, right. I don't know, we need to come up with some fun hashtag. I know. But yes, please read read along with us so that we can talk about all of these men that we love so much. Because if you have read the Hot and Hammered series, send us your rankings. Yeah. Tell us who you would, how you would rank the three guys in there and where, where they'd last. And I don't know, we could do like... Um, bailey's book boyfriends i love a good alliteration hashtag hashtag that hashtag bailey's book boyfriends i love that so let's make it happen y'all um so i i was gonna see about that and like i said we can we can finalize that offline but outside of that what were you gonna what were you what were you planning on reading next so what i'm planning on reading next is I've got a few books that I've got my eye on. The first is by Tracy Livesey and it's called Mm. Love Will Always Remember. Oh my goodness. So I have that on deck and I also am reading a Bella Andre book that's an older book, but I've read a lot of her books and somehow I missed this one and I heard about it on a podcast. So I'm going to listen to, um, on audio, I'm going to listen to Take Me by Bella Andre. So those are what I'm looking at um, this week. And then 
let's be real, probably a Tessa Bailey book. Yes. What about you? Um, I'm trying to see if this is the Bella Andre book that I have read already. No, it's not, but I've read Bella Andre. I've read some of those too. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, so I'm finally going to finish a cowboy to remember by Rebecca Weatherspoon because I needed to finish those other two. So I'm finally going to finish this one. And then I picked up today, um, at the library, there is a, an author by the name of Mike Gale. He's an English author. I think he's based out of London. He's written, um, romantic comedies um before like I've read a lot of his books um Mm -hmm. romantic comedies like women's fiction you know rom-coms that sort of thing and so he has a new one out called all the lonely people and it's not romance and it's not it's just fiction but I got it I'm gonna show it to you I'm sorry that y'all the listeners y'all can't see it but it's um the story is about this gentleman who um lives in London and um, he's an, he's an older man whose daughter calls him weekly and is like, he's like, yeah, everything's great. I have all these friends I'm getting out, you know, he lives alone, but he makes it sound like he's having this like great life in retirement and he's, you know, getting out of the house and has all these activities and all his friends. And then she says, I'm going to come visit. And he's like, oh shit. Because really he just sits in his house and he doesn't leave. And he's just been alone. And so he has to decide whether he's going to try and fake it for mm-hmm. his daughter's sake or if he's really going to try and live the life that he tells her he lives. And it's a story of him coming out of his shell and like finding himself again and just being an older gentleman, you know, like trying to find life again. And I haven't read Mike Gale's books in a while. Um, I enjoyed the ones that I've read. I've, I've read like three or four of his books and I, I really liked his writing style, but it's been years. And so I'm very interested to see, um, you know, how this one plays out. Like I said, it's not a romance, um, but it just sounds so good. It says um, it's a funny and moving meditation on love, race, old age, and friendship. All the lonely people is an uplifting reminder of the power of extraordinary people to make an extraordinary difference. That sounds really interesting. No, I saw it. I saw the name and I was like, Mike Gale is like, he has a new one out. And like I said, cause I haven't read him in forever. And I was like, wait a minute, this is not a romance or a rom-com. And then I, I picked it up and I lit and I read through the summary. I'm like, okay, I'm taking this. So I've got that cowboy to remember. And then of course, whatever Tessa Bailey we decide on. So those are, those are the three. You, it sounds like you have a good selection this week. And then I'll find that um mystery on audio and i'll listen to that on my commutes to work hollywood homicide you have to yes a delight text me as soon as you start listening (laughs) to it you're gonna freaking love it yeah so that's what's on deck for me awesome yeah should we do a little happy for now yeah for sure do you have anything that's making you happy for now i do I do. I have. Okay. I was going to say one of the, well, I had two things, but one of them we talked about briefly earlier. It really made me happy to have murder. She baked slash Hannah Swenson back on our TV screens again. Yeah. It brought me so much joy just seeing the characters. I know they introduced new characters and there were some people that, you know, weren't there, but just seeing those characters 
brought me so much joy. So that made me happy. But I'll tell you something. Um, I signed up for a lot of author newsletters. Mm-hmm. And they're great because, you know, obviously it lets you keep up with your favorite authors, you know, new releases or sneak peeks or whatever. But some, and this is no dig at any author because, look, it is what it is. I'm just saying some of these that I get, the moment I see who they're from, I will stop everything I'm doing and open it up because they 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 really do they bring me so much joy and one of the well one of them is terry wilson i love hers because she always includes a picture of her dog charm at the at the bottom she always puts a little picture of her dog which is very cute and she she always has recommendations like her newsletter is always very thorough like whatever she's got coming out um sometimes a contest and then she'll give book recs that are not her own just some other recs and then she'll include a picture of her dog and they're so cute but the one that i jumped to immediately is talia hibbert's newsletter yeah she's great do you get hers i do i love it because she always calls you a little cute nickname at the beginning yeah she's she's awesome hello my little biscuit or hello my little (laughs) and i'm just like i love it i know and they're so full of like her energy Mm -hmm. and so i hadn't had one from her in a while and that one popped up this week and I was like, I legit stopped what I was doing so I could go read it because I just love her and I love her newsletters and they bring me, they really do. They bring me joy. So thank oh, you. That's amazing. Thank you, Talia Hibbert. I appreciate your newsletters. <laughs> Listen, it's really, it's always really nice to get kind of an inside track, you know, because as you become a fan of these books, you definitely become a fan of their offer authors. And so it's really nice to get a kind of an inside peek about how, you know, their process and other books they like, and just their thoughts on their life and what's going on in the world. And then, you know, it does help if they have a cute dog that they can share a picture of. I know. So that's awesome. I'm going to have to subscribe to Terry Wilson's um, newsletter. I'm sure I'll be obsessed. So I just have to say really quickly. So the last one that um, Talia Hibbert sent, it started out with happy summer, my delightful dingbat. Oh, that's so funny. I love it. I just love it. And so, you know, she'll go on and she usually talks a little bit about herself Mm -hmm. and that what she's been working on anything else. And so this one was just, I don't know. Like I said, her newsletters bring me joy. So that a new one came in. I hadn't, um, I hadn't had one, um, you know, it's usually monthly, but I hadn't seen one in a while. And so I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. So what about you? What's making you happy for now? Well, I finally this week watched Ted Lasso. (gasps) Yeah. Wait, you had never seen it before. I had never seen it before. I had been, when it first came out, I did not have Apple TV plus whatever. And I unequivocally refused to sign up for yet another streaming service. I just could not do it. Um, And I also have a tendency to not watch. If something is if people are really loving something and it seems over the top, I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not watching that. But I secretly kind of knew that I would love it. And so I got a new phone 
a few mm. months ago yes. and I finally activated because they give you a free year of Apple TV. So I finally activated it and I started watching and I mean, I'm kind of speechless. Like, I don't even really know what to say about how perfect and incredible this show is. Um, it's amazing and delightful and full of heart and hilarious and sweet and amazing. And I, of course I love it. I'm completely yeah. in love with it. It's just joy. It's just 30 minute episodes of pure joy, top to bottom. And wow. I will, Wow. I don't know what I was expecting, but I certainly wasn't expecting to fall this hard for, for Ted yeah. Lasso. It is, please, if you haven't watched it, find a friend who has Apple TV and log into their account if you have to and watch this show. It is just beautiful. It is so well-written Jason Sudeikis, I see why he won the Golden Globe or whatever, because he's so good in this role. I don't understand how that character is not the most annoying person you've mm -hmm. ever seen in your life. And it's all Jason Sudeikis in the writing yep. because there's no reason that me being who I am should like someone like that like the kind of eternally optimistic, like that's not really, yeah. I can't handle that a lot of times. And he's like, so optimistic, but not annoying. And you see him, he has his moments. You see, he's not perfect. He's not right. on top of the world all the time. And you see that. And oh my God, God, this is the best show I've ever seen. It's so good. And also, okay, so I'm going to say the moment the show sold me. So if you haven't watched it, there's a hotshot footballer, um, Jamie Tart, And he is such an asshole. He plays it so well. He plays it so well. And he's such a jerk. And he's pushing Ted the entire time because Ted is an American football coach who was brought in to <laughs> coach an English soccer team. That's not going to work. And Jamie Tart is just pushing him the whole time. Doesn't listen to him. Thinks he's nothing just the whole time giving him trouble. And so finally Ted loses it on him and the speech he gives in the locker room, the practice speech is my favorite one of my favorite NBA press conferences of all time, line for line. They took that as I read about it after, because I was like, this is the Allen Iverson press conference. Oh my God, I can't handle this. I'm freaking out. It's about practice. And so I read that Jason Sudeikis wanted to do this homage to Allen Iverson's press conference where he says the same stuff that Ted says word for word. And I was like, this is blowing my mind. This is perfect. I can't handle it. I watched it three times in a row because I was about to explode. That's when I fell in love. I was like, okay, well, this is my favorite show of all time now after they reenacted this Allen Iverson press conference, which 
everyone (laughs) should listen to because it's amazing. And I think looking back on it now, I think we all have a much different view of that press conference at the time because Alan Iverson's friend, I believe his friend was killed and he didn't get any time off. He just still had to go to practice Mm -hmm. and then talk to the press. And he was like, I cannot believe I'm sitting like my best friend is dead. And I'm sitting here talking to you guys about practice, right? We're not talking about a game. (laughs) We're talking about practice. And I think in the conversations we've had over, especially over the past month or so with Simone Biles and Naomi Osaka, I think we're rethinking a lot about athletes, mental health and what we ask of them, right? Is it Mm -hmm. necessary? If your best friend is murdered, is it necessary to sit in a room of reporters and talk about practice? Like whatever. So anyway, the, the speech means something completely different and Ted Lasso, but it's the same words. It's perfectly though. And I knew what it was the minute he started talking. I was like, this, this is the press conference. And I can't believe I'm witnessing this brilliance in action. Mm -hmm. It's so good. It's so good. It's ridiculous. Now, can I just tell you that I knew I was in the moment when (sighs) this is so stupid, but I literally watched this scene like a dozen times when it first happened. I went back and watched it a dozen times when um, Higgins is warming up to coach Lasso Mm -hmm. and coach Lasso comes in and he's like, Hey, I'll see you. You know, like we're going to meet for lunch, you know, salads for lunch. We're still on. Right. And, um, what's her name the boss I forget her name Rebecca yes Rebecca I'm sorry how can I forget her name she's amazing she's my favorite part of the show um it's like oh so you're you know she's looking at him like how are y'all connecting when Ted starts to walk out and Higgins says Caesar you later and he (laughs) bounced back and he's like yes yes that moment I legit laughed so hard i watched that i watched that scene like legit a dozen times i was cackling when he bangs the door back in it startles them both and he's like yes yes so i knew i was in but i knew i had fallen in love when they cut to ted lasso in his kitchen and they pull back and you see he's making those oh my goodness couldn't handle it and when he finally bursts out when he's like, I finally nailed the recipe because he's mad and he's like, yeah, but that moment when you see him cutting because you realize he's making them. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's it. I'm done for. I'm, I'm absolutely done for. And the whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, Roy Kent is like the grumpy mm-hmm. and, you know, Keely, Keely is sunshine. the sunshine. And then, of mm-hmm. course. Faded mates picked up on it and did a whole podcast about it. And I'm like, this is everything I want because Roy Kent is a romance hero and they deep dive into it. And I'm obsessed with it because everything that I was feeling, I couldn't put words to, but I was like, he is like this like grumpy character who I love because that's my jam. And they, uh, they dig into it so well. And I'm just, I'm obsessed all over again. So I rewatched it before the new series started. 
got all wrapped up in it again. And I'm almost, I haven't watched the episode that came out yesterday, which apparently is a Christmas episode. I have not watched that yet, but we're going to probably tonight, maybe tomorrow, but I'm going to catch up. But yeah. <sighs> it's pure. I'm so glad joy. you watched it. I finally watched it. I think next week I'm going to go back and watch. I'm going to catch up through season two this weekend. And I think next week I'm going to go back and watch um again watch everything again because mm-hmm. i'm interested to watch it a second time to kind of see the different arcs that are developing mm-hmm. because roy the person i don't want to give everything away but like there comes a time when there's going to be a new captain and roy chooses this captain and i kind of want to see i want to pay closer attention to his character yeah. Um, because these writers are good and not, and nothing like, I feel like they've been planting a lot of seeds and building a lot of things. And yeah. I want to go back and try and catch all of those things. It's, it's just such a damn good show. And it's brilliant that they were able to take what was essentially a commercial and turn it into this iconic character and I mean let me tell you I laugh during that show I cry I swoon like when Keely is when she makes Roy answer all her questions and she's running around the press room <laughs> and she's like Ind- from the Ind- Keely from the independent woman and independent woman online and independent woman Sunday edition. Yeah, it's so good. Oh, I love before that though when he has to go in and he sees the diamond dogs and they're like, they finally make him just say like, "Get over it, dude." Yeah. And then they start barking and they're like, "Diamond." The whole show is is brilliant, you know. And Uh, when Nate gets promoted, oh my gosh! I mean, I cried. I'm sorry, but when he finally, when Roy finally breaks down, he's like look, I was at yoga. I do yoga with these 50 and 60 year old women. And usually I'm home early, but such and such had a divorce and she was in her feelings. So we- <laughs> <laughs> and I love his relationship with his niece. Yes. He, he talks to her like she's an adult and it makes me laugh so hard she, he will literally say to her he'll be like what the fuck do you know you're yes. sick she loves it she thinks she's it's like, so funny she's like uncle roy she's like you owe me more money for the swear jar and he owes her thousands of pounds <laughs> it's just i love because she loves him which of course she would because he's real with her yeah <sighs> when he him. When they leave practice and he is holding her hand and they walk, I mean, just adorable. Just adorable. Oh, <sighs> I'm glad you watched it. Oh my goodness. It, it brought me so much joy. new episodes. So yeah. But well, that was good. I think we did good. Thank you everyone for listening. And let us know what's making you happy for now. Yeah. Let us know what you're reading your tessa bailey book boyfriend rankings if you have them what's mm-hmm. making you happy for now let us know chat with us you can always reach us on twitter at y'all this book on instagram at y'all period this period book you can hit us up on the website we have a contact form i mean yeah that's right and we hope that you all 
have really great weeks and read really great books. And if you do, please let us know what you're reading. We always want to know. So thank you for listening. Yep. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.